If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. I'm Dr. Daryl Ray, and I took a left at the valley, and the party was really good. <laughs> I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you from finally cooling down Abbotsford, BC, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and I used to be a trophy husband, just not first place. <laughs> Joining me as usual is a team that will remind you that the worst thing to hear when wearing a bikini is, good for you. Her definition of drama is the word born people use to describe fun people like her and Nancy. I am fun and cool. <laughs> he knows that the closest person ever comes to perfection is when they fill out an application form, Scott. <laughs> and she's happy her friend is pregnant, but that's just because she's one of her skinny friends. <laughs> I'm not that petty. No, of course not. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. Man, we got lots to go through today, so let's get back into well, one. The world has been a busy place. Oh, yeah, has it understatement. Ever? Has it ever. And uh, well, today we'll be talking to our friend Dr. Del Rey. Always a good day when he comes on. But first, let's go through a bit of chit-chat. we got to start talking about Hurricane Irma. This is a Category 4 5 hurricane that is uh, hitting uh, Florida pretty much now as we speak. Uh, it hit the Caribbean. Apparently, it's kind of gray as Cuba and uh, should be in, uh, in Florida by now. Um, you know, WestJet, Air Canada, and Air Transat are sending pl- uh, sent planes to the Dominican Republic to uh, take people out of there oh. when the hurricane was uh, coming this way. That's not their. That's not a regular flight. They went down. They as actually a, was sent yeah, a couple of sent, they sent a bunch Good of planes for down. them. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, the, the 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 hurricane has been devastating for a lot of these countries yeah. down there in, in its path. Uh, Irma apparently is going to be the most powerful hurricane that recorded and uh, it's the first Category 5 hurricane since Andrew in 2005. Mm-hmm. You guys remember Andrew in Florida? Yeah. It, Ouch. It was pretty devastating. Um, the interesting thing is um, when I left home this morning, it had downgraded to Hurricane 3 but oh, that's, really? that's before it's hitting the warmer waters when it leaves mm. Cuba so there's there's no telling it's just that's where it is now exactly um, uh, just quick question um, you said that it's the strongest recorded is that in the world or uh, Atlantic well I guess a, hur- a hurricane is in the Atlantic in the Pacific it's called a typhoon oh I didn't know that yeah. and also <laughs> uh, what you might also not know is uh, there used to not be any hurricanes south of the equator Really? But now because of climate change, it's a new phenomenon. Some hurricanes are coming, going south of the equator. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> and this is where you realize people are stupid. On social media, apparently, there's 58,000 people on Facebook that have decided to use their fans to counter Irma. 
They were electric fans. So they put their fans on the roofs of the house and they pointed wow. towards the ocean and oh. turned a damn thing on. I don't think they understand how nature works. No, oh. no. This is how you realize. <laughs> are they, they're, are not, they're serious or this is like a this fun is serious. thing? Oh, Lord. This is serious. <laughs> 50,000 wow. people, even with, you know, 100,000 people. It's that, not going like, to do it. That's like, oh, there's a tornado people. coming? Let's run really fast the other way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it seems that this has been like sad. the summer of natural disasters, oh. right? A yeah. couple of hurricanes, the, the, the forest fires up here. And, of course, we got to quickly talk about the Mexico earthquake. Oh, I heard yeah. about that. 8.2. What was 8.2? 8.2. Wow. That is huge. 61 dead so far. It was in the Chiapas region near Volcana, which is near the Guatemalan border. So it's the southern part of Mexico. Uh, they had 600 aftershocks. Wow. Last time Mexico had a, uh, something that big was the uh, 1985 8.0 in Mexico City. Don't know if you guys remember that. No, I, uh, I do. 5,000 dead at the time. Wow. So it's been, it's been a well, pretty they, they, they said Mexico City uh, had buildings actually swaying because and it's 650 kilometers away from where the epicenter of this quake was. Mm-hmm. And they said people were running out into the street in Mexico City because they were scared to death. Yeah. When, when you look at North America and you look at the, you know, the, the Caribbean and you look at Mexico and you look at the, the percentage of areas that have been devastated in the last two weeks and are going to have to rebuild, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's frightening. It's yeah. The number of people who are displaced and the the um, you know the buildings that have to be yeah. repaired it's, it's, it's not over because now awful. hurricane yeah. Irma's coming That's now right. hurricane and Jose yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the other and the other two that are following yeah, I don't exactly. think I, I don't think there's been this much devastation in this short a time period that covers that many well, it's a good thing climate uh, change is not much real. area oh, yeah, totally well speaking of uh, disasters a uh, man pretending to be an actor while looking for a crocodile Kirk Cameron <laughs> Uh, came out and he he said he saw his shadow, so that means there's going to be an extra six weeks of stupidity. <laughs> and uh, he said that the hurricanes were obviously signs from God. Oh, oh no! This is a spectacular display of God's immense power. He said, "We know that weather is sent uh, to cause ca- to cause us to respond to God in humility, awe, and repentance." <laughs> Quote. So God apparently killed dozens of people just to keep us humble. All right, way to go, God. Oh man. Well, I mean, back in when was that? When was that big tsunami? Killed yeah, a quarter Japan. of a million. Oh, that no, was no, in uh, the, killed a quarter of a million. Yeah, that people. was in uh, two thousand four in uh, around Sri Lanka, India. Then. Yeah, yeah. Can you categorize people as a natural disaster? I'm I thinking think if there's would, a, I think well, if we, think he if we would account for that. if we account for climate change, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the, in the other news, uh, you remember the Trump ban? That uh, that was uh, reje- apparently it's been rejected by the federal court of appeal as too strict. That was the ninth uh, ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeal. This is what the ninety day ban that he said that visitors from Iran, yeah, Libya, yeah. Syria, Somalia, right. Sudan, and Yemen couldn't come in unless mm-hmm. they actually had a job that brought them there or they had like close family. Um, of course, the ban limited was to the number of relationships or to the jobs of parents, kids, etc. Grandparents were excluded. Well, now the uh, the court said, no, that's too harsh. And it actually might go back to the Supreme Court. Oh, nice. Yeah, Judge, uh, there, there was a three pa- three panels. Um, there was Judge Paez and Judge Gould 
and I forget the, the third, but there's, they didn't have the full panel. And Judge Gould, this was just wonderful, when they, um, they televised it, and they had the, um, the lawyer for, the gover- for Trump uh, on first, and it was just, I, I'm going to paraphrase, but Judge Gould, just before he started to um, explain the government uh, position on why grandmas and cousins weren't considered to be immediate family, he said, in what alternate universe do you live where, this, exactly. where they're not family? And I thought, you go, Judge, you go. <laughs> and the ruling was three-zip. It was you know, so obvious that the government Absolutely. was just dead. Dancing in the rain, they, were, they had nothing. In uh, closure news, uh, the uh, tra- the company TransCanada, the TransCanada pipeline, and uh, the the company behind the Energy East pipeline may actually abandon the project altogether. The company decided it's going to analyze the cost benefits. Uh, the pipe, uh, this is the pipeline that was supposed to take the tar sands, yeah. bring it to mm-hmm. Nova Scotia, heading east. Um, apparently, the pipeline's benefits have diminished in importance, especially when Trump uh, decided decided to allow the Keystone XL pipeline yeah. to go ahead. So one pipeline down, another one yeah. gets up before. That's right. Instead of the jobs being in Canada, the jobs will be through the states. Exactly. Yeah. Did you guys know that Canada's largest radio telescope was unveiled here in BC? Oh my gosh, where? Yes. I want to go. This is a $16 million <laughs> Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiment, or CHIME. It's to detect radio bursts, pulsars, and gravitational waves and near uh, Penticton. Oh, cool. It's really close. This is a collaboration of several Canadian universities across the country. So that's pretty cool. Um, Also, uh, speaking of space stuff, um, September 6th, apparently there's been some sun flares from our sun. So massive, they knocked out some radio comms on Earth. These are X-class flares, and they've been the largest since 2005. Oh, my gosh. Another wow. thing for this day in history, right? <laughs> and finally, uh, the Associated Press says that a survey says that white Christians are below 50% now in the U.S. And declining. And declining. This is from the, uh, this is from the Public Religion Research Institute. Uh, of course, it's a combination of immigration and secularism, obviously. Uh, Christians are still 70% of the population, but white Christians are now down 43%. So, and mm. 40 years ago, it was 80%. So. Oh, wow. That is a big drop. It's a huge drop. Yeah, they're on that, they're on that long slide downward. Exactly. <laughs> and I'll be glad to make it more slippery for them <laughs> so they, they, don't hung, they don't get hung up along the way. Times, they are changing. Yeah. Perfect. That's a good thing. By Nancy, what do, we have for, what do you have for us today? Well, I thought I'd be really timely today. Usually with history, I'm not timely i'm you know we resource but because of irma and harvey and all the other and not to overlook the horrible fires that we have up here in bc i thought i would do a little scam uh, segment on the people who um come out (laughs) and crawl out after the the storms to take advantage of the people who have suffered from national national so this is going to definitely natural be a, disasters. This is definitely going to be a quack watch, right? This is this is a sort of a scam, sort of a scam quack. quack. Yeah, scam both, both. I mean, there, there's a special. If there was a hell, there'd be a special place for these people who come out afterward to take advantage of 
of people who have already lost, you know, e- e- scum sucking scum. blood suckers. The lowest of the low. That's them. The lowest of the low. That's them. The 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 first um, on on the list are the price gougers, um, and and they they involve, unfortunately, a lot of corporate stores um, e- even Home Deep um, I, I, I hesitate to mention stores by name but let's say like home improvement stores, drug stores and things like that as, as soon as they realize that they're going to run out or they're going to uh, have a lot of people, the prices begin to elevate until the last poor guy that tries to get in there and get a couple bottles of water is now paying you know ten dollars a bottle for for water uh, most states and can and in Canada too there are laws against price gouging but when you're trying to get things for survival you don't want to have to pick up the phone and say guess what this store is charging me you you need help right then yeah, well, rather than later yeah but that that's the worst the, the, the gas prices, everything suddenly suddenly goes up and makes it more difficult for people who, you know, may, may not have had time to go to the bank to get any extra money. And, and hotels and on and on and on. So those are the first guys. Scary. Yeah. And um, then uh, getting into the, the real scams, there are flood insurance scams. And I think this might work in Canada for um, some of the, the fires as well. And that's when um, people get get robocalls that tell them that their flood insurance premiums or their other premiums are overdue and if they don't pay immediately they're not going to be able to get the payoffs for what whatever um, um, uh, disaster whatever devastation or loss that they have later and um, so the automate their automated calls and they say that the policyholders have to pay immediately or risk losing everything. And uh, I think both Canada and in the United States, the, the Federal Trade Commission warns people, don't do it. If anybody's asking you for money, immediately know that that's a scam. But people who go through these kinds of uh, losses are, are so uh, fearful and they're emotionally uh, panicked and they it's really difficult sometimes to tell who are the legitimate people that are trying to get information and and are on their side and who's who's a scam artist so you've really got to be any any scam any anybody that asks for money right now is 110 percent usually a, a scam artist so you send your donations to, to left of the valley care of <laughs> yeah yeah um but if if someone is calling about the the premiums and it's legitimately your insurance company call them back at their number and then that's one way that you're going you're going to tell then there are the charity scams and uh-huh. those are the people that call and want you to donate to XYZ relief efforts um, to victims of Harvey or Irma or the Mexican earthquakes or the fires. And it shouldn't be any surprise that uh, these guys who are looking to make a quick buck will prey on those that have soft hearts because we all want to help. We all want to do something. We don't always have donations that we can put in a truck, but we figure we can do something. So we're we're vulnerable, even though we're sitting in our living room and not affected by it. We're vulnerable, and we want to help. So you've got to be really careful 
about um, donating, make sure that if you get a call like this, that it's a reputable charity. Uh, there are lists of um, uh, reputable charities that are online. Uh, everyone knows about the Red Cross uh, and Catholic Charities and Salvation Army and things like that that you recognize, but make sure that it's the actual charity that you donate to and not somebody who's pretending you know, to ask money on, on, on their behalf. So look online uh, to see if there's a charity checklist that you can, um, you can look at to make, make sure it's a legitimate charity and then follow through. I hate to, to tell people that, you know, that even in, in, a, in a time where this brings out the best in people, it brings out the worst. So it doesn't, it doesn't hurt to double check where you're, it's your money. You've got to be very careful where it's going and you don't want it to get in the hands of these guys. There you are, live to regret this. <laughs> you betcha. There are phishing scams, which is the PH phishing scams, the email kind. Those are hard to avoid and they're hard to trace because they've come the con, the con artist um, method of choice for looking to rip off um, uh, Americans, uh, Canadians, and Britain, uh, um, people all over, all over the world. And what they do is they send out messages via email or social media. And they have links that promise to help you aid the victims of disasters. And instead, the links send you to bogus websites that can um, pinch your um, your login and credit card information, infect your computer with malware, and even steal your identity. So uh, the, the warning has always been don't follow links from emails that you don't um, that you don't know, and it's even getting more difficult now because um, with the phishing scams, a lot of times, for instance, I could get an email from Kevin, or I could get an email from Scott or Christine saying, "We thought I thought you might be interested in helping here," and because it has your name on it, I'd automatically do the link rather than realizing, yeah, oh, wait a me. minute, that's, you know, that's not their email address. But a lot of times you don't know your friend's email address. So the best thing to do is send them an email f- that you know from your from your list and say, did you send me a request to help? And th- there again, double checking will help save your money and keep it out of theirs. Um, There are, uh, speaking of other financial, there are crowdfunding scams. Crowdfunding has gotten to be a a really good way of raising money uh, for legitimate causes. But there again, double check and make sure if it's crowdfunding, um, it doesn't doesn't capture you by thinking, oh, I really need to help. Um, No, you don't really need to help if it's a scam. Uh, And there are copyscat Couple, oh, my tongue is just not working. Copycat scams. There we go. There are um, some of these scammers that are really good about putting up duplicate websites where it really looks like Salvation Army. It really looks like the American oh, yes. Red Cross, oh, yes. but it's not. It's uh, sometimes you can you can discern little uh, differences, but most people are not going to sit there and look line by line to see if every word is spelled correctly and every logo is exactly the same. So there again, do do some homework and make sure you're on the right place. And sure, then... You can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> even, 
e- even if I am Shirley, don't call me Shirley. <laughs> um, and here's the worst of the worst of the worst are the home repair guys that make a living of going down into areas and saying i can get you i i can i can help you out here and i'm not going to charge you a fortune and i you can trust me and i've done this before and they give you an estimate and they say but i tell you what if you could just give me a little money for the materials um we can take care of my labor but just just we'll get the materials together and and then we'll come and you give the guy cash to go to Home Depot, wow. and you never see him never again. See him again. Yeah. Or he does lousy repairs, and there's no place you you go for help. Or he says he's been approved by your insurance company, but he needs a down payment. Any of these people, you've got to get, you know, um, you've got to check with your with your city to make sure they are are licensed properly licensed for. For contract, because in these times, if someone comes to your door and says, "I can help you," there's a feeling of immediately relief. Oh gosh, there's somebody here who can help put my put my house together. But these people are just 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 the worst. And lastly, um, um, is the after effect of the used car dealers or used um, car buyers who will buy the flood cars from Florida and uh, fix them up cosmetically and then sell them as though they are... You're you, kidding me. Oh, no. That, that's I didn't even how, know that existed. That exists. Yeah. There oh. was a time, I'm trying to think, when this, this particular scam was at its peak about five or six years ago, they would get them um, when they had been declared um, salvage, mm-hmm. but they, you know, they fix them up a little bit and then they bring them up. And so you've got to any car that you buy from a private individual, because that's mostly where it's been from private individuals or from used car dealers. You've got to check the uh, the VIN numbers and and uh, you know, and the VIN numbers that you check yeah, that yeah. you can see whether the car's been in a wreck or what's happened to it. So used used car buyers if it's a bargain no it's not in many wow, cases I had, I had no idea yeah. this, this this kind of blows my mind actually yeah holy crap yeah. this is ugh. There are more scams that are out there. Um, we all feel as though we're smart enough but if you you're smart enough tell your friends <laughs> and, and and don't tell anybody that you said oh wow I better watch out for that myself. <clears throat> there we go. Okay, well, you thank you so much for that, Nancy. Well, scary. You know, the, this week I, well, I probably could have done an entire show of our little favorite segment that we like to call "Another Brilliant Moment," brought to you by religion. <laughs> but I, I only took, took a couple of stories because it was just ridiculous. I guess the first one I'll go is, uh, you guys have heard of Pastor Kevin Swanson? Yes. I've heard that name. Yes. He's an anti-gay pastor who actually blamed Hurricane Harvey on Texas for not passing an anti-transgender bathroom bill. And Houston elected a very, very wow. aggressively pro-homosexuality mayor years ago. And that's the reason for Hurricane Harvey. But now he thinks we can stop Hurricane Ar- Ar- Irma with essentially uh, a ban on overturned marriage equality. Ban on abortion and overturned marriage and equality. And it'll just dissipate uh, in an instant. Yeah. 
like nature normally does. So let's let's listen in, <laughs> let's listen into what Mr. Swanson oh, says no. here. I don't think there's any question in my mind that these sorts of things, these natural disasters, really God-ordained disasters, let's be careful about calling them natural disasters, because God is in control of what is going on, and uh, and whether or not Irma is going to do $200 billion of damage in Miami, or $20 billion, or $1 billion, is, is all in the hands of God. Those winds are going to blow where they're going to blow, but they're going to blow in the direction that God ordains them to go. Friends, God is in complete and utter control of what is going on with these hurricanes. Um, in fact, even the empires of men are in his hands, the kings of the earth, the, the inclinations of and he the, on like that the hearts the of the dictators oh, in North Korea. Yeah. I mean, I you know, that that's, that's so stupid. Sick. I mean, everybody knows it's the spaghetti monster God going after televangelists. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I told Truth you. is yeah. truth. Fact is fact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is exactly Absolutely bad amazing. abortions and God is in control of all the winds. And he's oh. punishing us, obviously. Well, it gets better. It gets better. Um, how does it get better? <laughs> it gets better because what you guys don't know is there's also a Christian prophetess. Her name is Kat Kerr. And she thinks she can stop Hurricane Arma by taking authority over it and using her scepter. Wow. To crush the weather. Because Jesus. And that's her. <laughs> Listen to her. Does, does she know that witches are burned at the stake? Apparently not. <laughs> but listen to her. She has a scepter? Oh, yeah, she yeah, has a scepter. Yeah, I, I want a weather-crushing scepter. What does she look don't like? You? Is she hot? Oh, she's got pink hair. It's right there, the Atlantic Ocean, and we are north of this storm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit it off the coast. I'm going to command it to go oh, out to sea and oh dissipate. Gosh. At the same time, because it's growing... When it grows in strength, it's feeding from a low-pressure system. So what do you need? You need high pressure. That storm itself has millibars of pressure. The lower they go, the stronger the storm. So what do you do? You have to command the millibars to rise in the hurricane (laughs) so it will dissipate and be downgraded. I'm about to do that. So I'm going to take authority. So, Father, as your daughter... And as a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and as a king in the spirit realm, I make a ruling that storm will leave this area, will leave the coast. I will not tolerate its presence anywhere on the coast of Florida. And I am commanding it to leave and get back out in the ocean. At the same time, it will dissipate. So I command the millibars in that hurricane, you rise right now. You keep rising and rising and rising so the storm will be downgraded, downgraded, downgraded. And then I'm commanding a high to come and sit on the storm so it can be crushed. So here I go. I'm going to command that storm and I'm going to hit it. I hope oh, so, I hope so she's the, on the shore and I hope she gets blown so up. So the hurricane's gone now, right? <laughs> yeah, but, but, but when I left the house, I, I said this before, when I left the house this morning, it had downgraded to a three. <laughs> so you go, girl, get that, that, that uh, uh, storm-crushing scepter moving. I'd like to see her, since she's so sure of herself, let's pin her to a cross and <laughs> stick it in the sand on the beach yeah, where landfall's going to happen. And, and the funny thing, she's got the video, she's explaining this to the video, and she's got, she's got like a little stick with a, like a... 
like a, a scarf on it, and she's actually swinging her stick. You know, the, the best part of that whole video was the whoosh. The, the whoosh, yeah, the whoosh. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. We don't need. Oh. You know, we should just call the uh, authorities oh, right God. now and say, you know what? Yeah. Forget, forget the no, uh, the evacuation. No, the question Kath, is, cat cars got this covered. When the hurricane goes back up to a five and just decimates Miami, is she gonna question like? Maybe I have this wrong. Well, the thing is, <laughs> you know, she'll blame it on the gays. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is this is the problem with this kind of stuff because you get they're recording the hits and and, uh, and ignoring the misses, right? There is an actual chance. There's an actual chance that uh, Irma might actually go by and not actually hit the mainland and just kind of lick that, it. That would the be the best there's a possible chance. option. And we, in a way, we hope this is exactly what happens. So mm-hmm. that there's no not damage. anymore. But you know, well. <laughs> If I, it's, I'm, I'm, if, if I'm it's sorry to be the asshole. I'm going to be the asshole well, here. I, I understand. I, and part I, of I'm me looking also, at it going right now because you know what's going to happen if that storm does dissipate or end up going off the coast? Yes, they're all going to say, I told works. you. All the religious <laughs> folk will come out and say, God is good. God is great. Look what he did. He saved us all. Okay? I would rather have the storm wipe Miami off the map and then say, yeah, ha. Nobody, nobody likes Miami. Told you so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, and, I, I, and I know they've been evacuating. They have been evacuating, so lots of people are getting out. Oh, in in, 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 in Florida. On, on oh, they're they're taking them out of there. Mm-hmm. By you know the, who two yeah. of the evacuees are? Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter. <laughs> two people have been you denying. Know that hoaxes, hurricanes are hoaxes. Yes, Rush Limbaugh was actually on air saying that Hurricane Irma was nothing but a hoax, <laughs> and now he had to evacuate. Yeah, yeah, but but I think that when he when he For left, he, he never he never admitted no, he, he was evacuating. He said something about well, by next week we'll be we're going to. I don't quite know where we're going to be broadcasting from so (laughs) (laughs) oh and so so i take it their property the insurance company can renege on the insurance policy and say look you it's a hoax it's all a hoax your property being destroyed that's a hoax so don't even come to us (laughs) (laughs) and of course at the same time what you guys all know is people are taking this so seriously that people are actually on the beach praying for irma to go away are you serious oh yeah This is video footage of people on Jacksonville, Florida, praying on the beach to make sure that the Hurricane Irma doesn't come to shore. No, it's in the daytime. But they all have their hands up. And then our surge comes in. They're, they're praying, but they're still paying for their insurance premiums at the same time. Oh, exactly. So I don't see anybody canceling their insurance and saying, no, it's all in the hands of God. I feel so we're, sad. We're this, fine. Yeah. These stories have made me sad. I'm a sad atheist. They, yeah, they, they do. I, no, I'm yeah. a sad atheist because no, I, I, I realize how stupid people are. Yep. I agree. Yes. And that's unfortunately what's going on. Yeah, to put their lives at stake, really thinking, even though they see this coming over the Caribbean, and even though they see it, somehow or another, it, it's going to the storm's going to stop or dissipate so quickly that they're all going to be saved. Well, and the problem is these people think that they're like the most treasured child of God, so he's of course not going to do me any harm. Yeah, because exactly. he uh, he loves me, like. That's yeah, right. All, that those, all those person, people in the Caribbean they, islands that got killed, yeah. they, they well, were they just, they were bad. They, they yeah. bad might have people. said they were Christian, but they the, sinned, but not me. Maybe, yeah. maybe the silver exactly. lining of something like this is, last time they had a hurricane like that, which was Andrew in 2005, you didn't have these videos on, on the internet. Yeah, the, these these kind of events probably happened then too. 
but people are noticing them now and realizing, oh wow, this is really dumb, you know. So maybe in a way, this is going to help. Well, I, I, I was reading something about the fact that um, Governor Scott has uh, has denied climate change all of this time, and the question is, is he? Oh, at this hold on, point, is that Governor Scott? Governor Scott, uh, I yeah, got, hold Florida. On, I got, I the, you know, they, they wonder whether whether or not he's going to change his mind because of this. <laughs> Hopefully. Who knows? Yeah, it's going to be also interesting so to see the, all uh, the politics. I mean, he was one of these guys that wouldn't even allow the words climate change to be spoken so, out loud in what, the state what they of should Florida. Do then, they should say, well, if it's, it's not, then there's no real emergency in your state. Therefore... Yeah, you know that all that disaster that happened. You don't need disaster relief yeah. because it couldn't have happened. Well, because the funny thing is, is this, uh, some of the Republican congressmen have been voting against disaster relief for places like Houston. Yeah, and these are you know, <laughs> what the hell are you waiting for here? Well, that's po- that's politics. So they just don't they don't like the fact that other things have been tied. They want what they call a clean bill, which is a crock because if it doesn't benefit them, who cares? <laughs> exactly. Millions wow. of people waiting on on some type of help because they their lives have been devastated and they're playing politics. Yep. Yep. Oh, it, it, it's been it's been politics since the first, you know, warning that Harvey was coming, politics clicked in, you know, faster than disaster relief. Absolutely. And that's unfortunately didn't, the world today. Didn't Rome fall kind of this way? Uh, not because of climate change. No, 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 <laughs> but I mean like the, stabbed in the back. Yeah, well, people just not, the government not, it, it seems to be, I don't know what's all starting to fall into place now. I, I think the United States is going to fall. I think our civilization is It's definitely on its getting out. to the point where there's enough natural disasters you can point to to be like, that is climate change. Because yeah. I think like five, even five years ago. No, no, ago, hurricanes have always happened. Well, but the thing is, but the, the, the amount and the... Um, like the intensity of them has right. been getting worse. And, sure, it has. And like the with the drought. But and but the politics is what I was I was I was looking at the politics of it and and realizing that you know entire civilizations have fallen because of this type of politics. Oh, like they're they're literally falling into a trap here where people are dying and they're playing politics. But, but and and not not ten or twenty people. We're talking millions of people are being affected. And they're playing politics from some office yeah. in another place. Oh, guys, I... I but, but it's ending on a pause, not ending, but in case we're going to continue the conversation for a while. But on a positive note, the amount of people who are stepping in just to help their neighbor, yeah. just because it's the right thing to do, has been absolutely amazing. If you follow that and see the number of individuals and organizations and churches and um, secular groups that have banded together to um, to help save the people, to donate needed goods, um, to rescue even the animal rescue. Yes. It's just been phenomenal how every everyone has stepped up, you know, in, in essence saying, we don't care about the politics. These are our neighbors. These are human beings, and we're going to do everything we can. Even uh, as far in Texas, you know, in Dallas and other areas where they've opened up shelters mm-hmm. and welcomed in people, you know, from Houston. And I think the same will help, will, will happen with Irma, too. People will welcome and help um, Regardless of the politics, they'll step in and help. I hope so. 
I just wanted to finish. I almost forgot one little story there. Um, uh oh. <laughs> speaking of hurricane and disasters, um, and uh, Rick Scott there. Apparently, uh, many uh, in Florida, many conservative Jewish communities within the evacuation zones are planning to stay right where they are <gasps> because it's the Sabbath. Oh my God! Right? Seriously? Yes, exactly. So uh, Rabbi. Uh, Shane Lipska, co-director of Miami Shoal of Downtown, says half his community is determined to stay right where they are. Their family plans on riding out the storm in the 20,000 square foot three-year-old Shabal house. And uh, we have gas generators and food and water and all that. So <laughs> wow. they're going to stay there because according to uh, Jewish tradition, you can't work, you can't but travel. But is on turning the on the well, generator to, doing to, work? To, to mitigate that Maybe. just a little bit, he did say that their building is a stainless steel building and they feel it's well fortified and um, they feel safer there um, than, than leaving. But according to, to Jewish um, to Jewish law, regardless of whether you know, you're know you a, a reform or conservative or um, or a very conservative Jew, you have permission to save your life. That's right. That's what yeah. the Times of Israel noted, yeah. that Orthodox Jewish law permits violating yeah. the Sabbath uh, when your life is at risk. Yeah, and Orthodox. But yeah. no, no, not to these guys. Uh, but but I, there may be, I don't know, if they're elderly in, in that particular synagogue, if they're elderly and it's difficult for them to leave because if it's a if it's an Orthodox, generally it's an older older population. So hopefully the building is as strong as he thinks it yeah. is. I, well, wow. I'm sorry, these guys are stupid because, okay, yeah. fine, you don't want to leave on Saturday. You could have left Friday. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or you could have left Thursday. I mean, come on. You really need to... We'll see what happens to exactly. them. Exactly. So, anyway, thank you guys for this. <laughs> uh, we could have done an entire show on just yep. this today. Just the stupidity towards that that hurricane. All right, so let's go to commercial, and then when we come right back, we'll be with Del Rey, our friend Del Rey, Dr. Del Rey, and we'll be talking about recovering from religion. So stay with us. Hi. I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. Here's an excerpt from Mum, Dad, I'm an Atheist by David G. McAfee. It is the same highly regarded concept of an afterlife that allows misguided religious people to justify the mistreatment of those who disagree with their religious ideologies. They are simply trying to protect you from eternal damnation in the afterlife by condemning you, insulting you, and even disowning you in this life. It is not to say that becoming open about your disbelief is always going to be met with these negative reactions and, in fact, that is precisely what this work is hoping to prevent. But it is important to understand that if you experience negative reactions from religious kin, it is probably a result from the religion's teachings and likely not from any personal vendetta or hatred. 
Find this audiobook and many more at AtheistAudiobooks.com. I've heard people say that too much of anything is not good for you, baby. But I don't know about that. As many times as we've loved and we've shared love and made love, it doesn't seem to me like it's enough. It's just not enough for you. It's not enough. Oh, oh, well, this music can only mean one thing. It's our favorite psychologist is on the line, Daryl Ray. He is the high priest of the <laughs> Flying Spaghetti Monster Church. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Daryl, thank you so much for joining us again on Left of the Valley. Well, there you go. Lying to your listeners again. I'm, 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 a lousy, I'm a lousy dresser and a mediocre dancer, so there you go. Yeah, but in, in Kansas, but everybody I, is a mediocre I, dancer. I do, I do other things very well. So I'll just say that. So how's that? <laughs> the comments of Daryl, not necessarily those of Left of the Valley subsidiaries. <laughs> I make up for my deficiencies. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, you've uh, you've been on the show several times, but we always have constantly have new listeners. Would you be so kind to give us a brief uh, a brief uh, introduction as to who you are, sir? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, the founder of Recovering from Religion, which we're going to talk about today. I'm the author of uh, The God Virus, a bestseller, and um, the, my book, The Sex and God, which is also a very good seller mm-hmm. <laughs> for its own reasons. And uh, I, had, I enjoy, I'm, I'm retired right now, but I've been a psychologist for most of my adult life and uh, really enjoy helping people and finding ways to help people. So that's why I always like to you guys, because kind of get the word out and help people figure out how to live their lives a little bit better. Fantastic, fantastic. And today we're going to talk about your 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 own personal project, I guess, that you've been helping so many people with, Recovering from Religion. What exactly is Recovering yeah. from Religion? Well, I like, I like to use the motto, there are thousands of groups that will get you into religion. We're the only one that will help you out. Bang! So we, <laughs> we are here to help people deal with the trauma and consequences of leaving religion. Any religion. So it could be Buddhism, it could be Muslim, Islam, it could be Christianity, we don't care. If you've been in a religion and you're trying to get out, you're trying to figure out the best way for you or your family or your children, you know, whatever it is, we're here to help you and we're here to provide resources. Mm-hmm. And let me let me just do a slight correction there. This is, it, yeah, it was a it was a personal project in 2009 when I started it, but it's a personal project for about a hundred people now. Mm-hmm. We have some about a hundred very dedicated volunteers doing really good work all across all across the world so it's uh, it's become far more than me i'm just a small tiny cog in what's become really a a, a big service project for uh, for people leaving mm-hmm. yeah fantastic fantastic so yeah. so well, you 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 guys have a, a variety of resources that you use to help people um get into or live their apostasy and what kind of resources do you guys draw for people like that oh yeah we've got a ton of things but let me go back and just say the reason i started recovering from religion back in 2009 because people were 
after I published my book, The God Virus, people were just seemed to be desperate contacting me saying, I need help. I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to my husband or my wife now that I've left religion. And I couldn't possibly help thousands of people. And I, my email box was flooded with stuff. So I started this group and it was, it started literally with a single meeting in a back room of an IHOP oh my gosh. Uh, in 2009. 11 people showed up. I only gave them a week's notice. I announced it on meetup, said, I'm going to do this. 11 people showed up, uh, which I only I only knew, really knew one of those 11 people. And I just asked two questions. I said, how did religion help you? How did religion hurt you? And three hours later, the restaurant manager's kicking us out, closing the restaurant. Wow. And I realized, I realized at the time, this was cathartic. People need somewhere to tell their story and to talk about the challenges. And it was just, it was just, mind-boggling i i had did not expect that kind of response so from then we've just started putting local groups together and then we put online groups together we've got tons of services that i want to talk about today but that's the beginning of it people don't know where to turn you don't know how many people contact and say i'm i'm the only atheist in bozeman montana and we we can turn right around when they chat with us and say well no you there are two groups within 20 miles of you. That's awesome. And people are, yeah, people are wow. so isolated, they don't realize, uh, they don't know even where to begin locating. Yeah, and so we can, we can literally um, look in, in seconds and give them local resources, probably within a few miles of their house, that they had no idea existed. It could be a free thought group. It could be a recovering from religion group. It could be a humanist group. It could be a united uh, a UU church, if that's the closest thing. There's any number of resources, but people and you know, somebody's been in a Baptist church their whole life, and and now they they realize it's all bullshit. They they don't know where to go or even where to start. Yeah. And we try to, we try to give that to them. So right now, our main our main uh, services, or not main, but one of the most important services right now is the chat line, and we've got a certified well-trained and well-supervised volunteers that will take chats. If you go to our page, recoveringfromreligion.org, and just click on the chat button, there's peop- there are people, now I'm not going to say it's manned 100% of the time because it's volunteer. And if we got a volunteer available, they'll answer. And they will chat with you about any concern you've got. And they will not give you advice, and they will not pray with you, and they will not send you back to church. And they won't condemn you if you do go back to church. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't care. We're neutral, but we will show you. We'll give you all sorts of resources because we have a librarian kind of person, uh, Colleen, that just does an incredible job finding resources and vetting those resources and putting them on our resource page. And we've got a whole, whole group of resources for people leaving a religion, people who are not leaving yet, but they want to understand what yeah. the doubting issues are and. You know, we got all just thousands of things out there, and our volunteers are trained to literally click a button and say, "Okay, you might be interested in this particular website or this particular article, this particular book." And you would not believe people chat with us and say, "Wow, I'm I'm so afraid. Uh, my my wife's going to divorce me if she finds out I'm an atheist, or something like that." You know, and and we so we say, well, "Okay, here's a book on talking to loved ones." You know, we'll recommend David McAfee's book, maybe, or 
you know, or, or my book, The God Virus. And by the end of the chat, you can just see the the emotion just uh, dissipate, and they they feel relieved. Oh, I've got somebody to talk to, and I've got some resources to read or look at. Hmm. So that's our that's really grown a lot, and it's just become international um, since we opened it up internationally pretty much in June. And uh, for example, we had a 24 year old woman chatting from Saudi Arabia. Oh wow! Wow! A Muslim woman who took her hijab off and said, "I'm not I'm not doing this anymore." And he got she got in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And then she gets online and finds us and starts talking to us. Well, we know that's very dangerous for her to do, so we're we're cautious. We can't we can't control the security on her end of the. We have high security within our uh, system, so it it assigns randomized names and stuff so nobody could identify her. But she was desperate. You know, I don't want to have to be the slave to men in this culture, and I know better. It's pretty crazy. It was a very challenging chat and uh, we, we had we have chats from literally all over the world south south africa chat we have volunteers all we had volunteers in australia and uh in england and norway uh, south africa mm-hmm. <laughs> several different languages too, I guess. pardon several different languages as well i'm assuming we are we have just opened a spanish language channel we call them channels and uh, I'll, I'll tell you more about that now. Um, the chat line, people chat into us and they say, you know, I'd like to speak to somebody that's other people are now out of the Baptist church or other ex-Catholics mm-hmm. or others, uh, Scientologists or whatever. So you can get similar and experiences. So, so what we did was we have created these new, what we call channels. And if you call, chat in with us and you say, I really have appreciated chatting with you. Is there anywhere else I can go? we can send you straight into a chat forum of mainly other Southern Baptists, ex-Southern Baptists or ex-Seventh-day Adventists or ex-Buddhists or whatever that we try to. And recently we just opened a channel up for the Spanish language. So if somebody chats in and their primary language is Spanish, we can send them straight to the Spanish language channel. And we have two of our volunteers that are, living literally in Mexico, and their native tongue is is Spanish. So uh, we're starting, our next big push is to push into South America and Central America. There are lots of opportunities to help people there. So we're we're very excited about that. Mm -hmm. Wow, indeed. So, yeah, it's just, you guys can't believe how cool it is. I get on every day and I look at the chats, and I see chats coming in, you know, a dozen chats a day, maybe, and every story is heartbreaking. But if they, you know, if they stay with us, usually a chatter. Sometimes they have to leave or whatever. Um, but if they stay with us, you can just see the emotion change because we are the first people they've ever talked to that didn't condemn them for yeah. for thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, having exactly. a having an independent thought. Daryl, do, do you know what, what kind of percentage of, uh, what kind of success rate you guys have uh, helping people enter their apostasy? Well, I don't know how you'd measure success. If people are chatting with us, they're generally on their way out. They found us, and they're trying to find resources. They're, they feel like they're the only sec, the only person that doesn't believe this shit anymore, and so they're looking for somebody to help them. I don't know what how you define 
success, except at the end of the chat, you can see they're, they are already looking at our resources and reading and going to YouTube. And um, they almost always, I mean, I could, I thought about even having, um, I, I mean, I literally could read to you. I'm, I'm looking at our chat right now. Mm-hmm. And we've had, we've had several chats just today. And one came in from an ex-minister. I'm looking at it right now. He's an ex-minister. And he says, I think I need some therapy, but I'd like, because I, but I'd also like to volunteer for recovering from religion. He said, but I don't think I'm ready to do that yet because I'm still screwed up from all the religious <laughs> stuff I had to preach for, for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> wow. that, that's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing our volunteer did as I'm looking at it is she said, are you familiar with our secular therapy project? And the person said, no, I never heard of it. And she said, "Okay, here, I'll let me help you, and we'll get you, we'll find a therapist next close to you." And uh, then she says, "Do you want to talk to other people from your your denomination?" And he said, "Yeah, I'd sure like to do that." So with a click of a button, he gets a confirmation email, and then he can go in and he could talk to twenty other people in our forum that are from his his former denomination. I mean, it's it's integrated; it's all integrated. So there's our volunteers can figure out what you need or what they think you need, and they can get you in touch with that person, that group, that chat, that resource, almost instantly. It's it's really get, and it's taken us two years to put this together. Yeah. We just we just released it on a um, uh, full release of it on June first. So uh, we're that's partly why I'm talking to you today because it's such a. It's so new, a lot of people don't realize uh, the resources are now available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl, <coughs> early on during the show, we were reading an uh, Associated Press article about uh, declining Christianity in the U.S., especially when it comes yeah. to uh, white Christians. Has there been a, a, an increase in, has that translated as an increase in calls towards your hotline? We have seen somewhere between a 300 and 400% increase Whoa. in chat. Chats and calls. Wow. Uh, the chat line and call line has been around for two years. We upgraded it in June and added features and all. But, yeah, we have seen somewhere between 300 and 400% increase in, in chats and calls. And, I mean, in fact, it's so much we can't handle it all. There's, we are missing calls and we are missing chats that I, you know, just tears me up that people can't get through to somebody to talk to. But, you know, we are volunteers. Nobody, not one person in all of Recovery from Religion gets paid one dime, mm-hmm. including, including our executive director, Gail Jordan. But they, they, I dare say we could pay, we could not get this kind of quality work from people if we did pay them. Because they want to be, they want to help us. They want to talk to people. They want to help other people. They're not, they're not in for the money. They're in it for the emotional gratitude mm-hmm. they get from helping other people. And so many of our volunteers went so, went through so much trauma yeah. and they left religion and they, they, they know what it feels like to go through that journey and they want to help other people do it. Well, it's like a life raft for those that are abandoning the sinking ship, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it really is. We had a, a chat come in from Rio de Janeiro uh, just on, on Thursday. I'm looking at it as well. And it was a really interesting chat because this person is losing their belief, but they haven't lost their belief, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. They're, still, they're still trying to figure out 
is there really a supernatural? Is there really a God? They have figured out that their Pentecostal or whatever Catholic church is bullshit. Yeah. So they've, they've, they've dropped that piece, but they're still figuring out. So it's a worldview that takes, when, when you're moving into a rational worldview, it's not one step. It's, it's oftentimes many steps, and, it's, and you actually go through a grieving process. We've noticed this. People grieve the loss of, of, their, of their community. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they lose their families. Um, they, lose, they grieve. I, I miss the, I, we have people say, we miss the music. I, I miss the inspiration I got from the sermons. Even though now I know all the sermons were a bunch of bullshit, I still miss them. <laughs> that uplifting right. moment. So it, it is so, it, this is such an emotional component. You know, what I think the, the secular movement uh, in the past has made the mistake of not recognizing that the transition, leaving religion, is an incredibly emotional experience with lots of pitfalls and lots of potential problems. So to just say, well, it's logic, makes gets no one out, or people, people don't logic themselves totally out of religion. Now, I'm not saying people don't do it. Most of us do it to some degree. But once you get through the logic, now you've got to deal with the grief, the loss of community, and that's really what recovering religion's here for. So many people have gotten online and watched a YouTube of Aaron Raw, you know, or Matt Dillahunty, yep. and they said, "Okay, it makes sense. I'm out of here." That's Matt. Matt got me out of religion, and we do. We hear a lot of people say Matt Dillahunty or Aaron Raw got me out of religion. Now, what do I do? Because <laughs> well, we, I'm we have a, I'm now lonely. We we have a group on on Sundays, an atheist, humanist, skeptical group, and the group's been running oh four or five years at this point. But speaking to what you were saying about emotion, we've had people come and literally break down in tears, and the tears have been both the grieving. And the relief of finding and the rage. people who are, uh, you know, who are supportive of where they are in life at that particular moment, and to to you know be able to comfort someone who is um, you know experiencing those two powerful emotions of grief and relief is um, is as you say it it it. Uh, you, you can only hope that eventually they they will come to some kind of you know inner peace within themselves. It's a it's a hard process to go through. Right, but they found a new community in you. Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. the beautiful that's the beautiful thing. They're looking for a community, and they find it. Now they can move out of the old. Now they can go through the grieving process and do it with with somebody who's there yeah. to support them. Yeah, they've got the resources. That's because, great. Yeah, they've got a community yeah. that's, yeah. yeah. Right. And, you know, it, you, I don't, I don't have, it's, I'm not looking at the database right now, but we have an enormous database, and your group is probably in our database. So if somebody should chat in from anywhere near you, we, we say, tell us your zip code or tell us what city you're in, and if, if they feel comfortable doing that, and almost all of them do, We'll say, okay, within 50 miles of your zip code, there's these three groups. And we will, you will get people coming to your group. I guarantee, guarantee it, Nancy. You may already have people come to your group that came through us. We, we may never know it. Yeah, we, but if you ask people, we, go ahead. 
Yeah, we sure could. And if you if we're not in your resource list, uh, Kevin will give it to you b before we end our, our visit today. Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. I'm pretty sure you are, but yeah, make sure we are. And uh, we... We just want to make, you know, we get calls from all over, and not, not just the United States. We get a lot of calls from chats from Canada. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, we had an ex-minister from the United Kingdom. He's an ex-Pentecostal uh, minister, but he still preaches every Sunday. I shouldn't say ex, he's still preaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, his, his wife is still in the church, and wow, that was a, that was a tough chat. Hmm. Um, but we were able to get him a lot of resources he had never heard. He had never heard of the Clergy Project. Really? Now, I don't know if your your listeners know about that. Do you guys know about the Clergy Project? Yes, we had a very enlightening interview with uh, Jerry Dewitt about that. Okay, great, great. Well, we worked very closely with Clergy Project. So when this guy chatted in with us, we said, "Do you would you like to know about the Clergy Project? And, and we sent him on over there. Now, we don't. Uh, we are... They're, they're a separate organization than us, but we work really closely together to send people to them. And they they work very closely with us, too, sending people to us that don't qualify. You know, maybe they were a 20-year-old 20 20 year Sunday school teacher. Well, they're not. They don't belong to a clergy project. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Daryl, when you talk about literature, <laughs> you, you've got the hotline, obviously, and you, you're directing people here and there. What other kind of resources that the uh, Recovering from Religion provide for people out there that need them? Yeah, well, one of the big things we've had going since 2012 is the Secular Therapy Project. And we just, again, updated that one. You won't believe the amount of work we've been doing for the last two years. Get all this stuff up and going. So it all came fruition this summer. And uh, we released the, the new Secular Therapy page, and you can find it just by going to seculartherapy.org. Uh, and we just released that uh, in the middle of last month in August. The old system works pretty well, but the new system's real got a lot more bells and whistles and easier to use and that sort of stuff. But the Secular Therapy Project is like Match.com or eHarmony, only only non-religious, of course. And it helps it helps people find therapists that are secular that won't send you back to church, won't pray with you, won't say, "Well, you need Jesus to get over your depression." Yeah. And I and I, I you know we've talked a little bit about that before. I think in. Um, Previous times I've been on, uh, but but the difference now is it's international. Oh, fantastic. Until until August, we couldn't really uh, register or register international therapists. Somebody in England or somebody in Australia, we couldn't really uh, put them into our database. But now we've expanded it, we've upgraded it, and a therapist, if a therapist listening to us in Canada right now. That's secular. They need to get online and register with us, mm -hmm. and I guarantee you will get. They will get clients through our system. Yeah. Oh, I can I can vouch for that. Years ago, when my husband passed away, and I was trying to find some uh, grief group, um, you know, f for support at the time, uh, we we're in the Bible Belt of <laughs> of Canada yeah. here in Abbotsford, and it was so difficult to try and find a group or a therapist that was secular because what we don't, <laughs> you know, with those of us who are, you know, secular human atheist what we don't need is to to hear a therapist tell us that that person is now in the arms of Jesus and we'll be going to join them you know eventually and it was um, it was difficult so you know hopefully if there are any 
um, a secular therapist listening, it it really makes a great deal of difference, you know, to to their clients mm-hmm. to to be able to have them uh, available at the at the time when they're most needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, last year, um, I was actually looking for a uh, therapist, and I had tried going through you guys, but then I realized yeah, I couldn't access it from Canada. So it's really nice to hear that it's um, uh, yeah. available in Canada. Yeah, because now. Christina really needs therapy. I do. She really, really <laughs> does. I mean, so far we've been trying to keep her under control yeah. here, but you know, she doesn't I, get a I know, I know the, the Harry words. Potter. She's yes, just, Harry Potter. She goes yeah. forward. Actually, Daryl, if you if you find a therapist that'll take us on as a group for <laughs> you got a you got a ready we got a ready made crew here yeah. <laughs> when you locate anybody. Yeah, so the family counseling is podcast. Therapy with counseling. you guys might cost a lot more than normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but we're fun. Yes. We, All right. we, we uh, yeah. smile to hide the pain. <laughs> Daryl, I'm assuming uh, when you when a uh, ther- uh, therapist registers with the. Uh, uh, RFR, uh, they uh, go through a rigorous process of vetting, I'm assuming. Yeah, we're different. There's a, there's other uh, listing services. You can go to Psychology Today, for example, and you can find lots of therapists there. But ours is different because you anybody, anybody can register on Psych Today, almost regardless of their qualifications or, or theoretical orientation. But for us, that's not true. If somebody registers with us, we examine all the materials they submit to us. That we look at their website. If we're not satisfied, we send them a, quest- a list of questions they need. They need to answer, or we won't even consider them. And then once we've got all the information, then we vote. And there's four. I say we. I I no longer vote. I I've dropped back from that. Dr. Cato Black is our director. Is the director of Psychotherapy Project now. Has been for the last couple of years, and he does a great job with the team. But there's four of them. They all look at the application, and generally, we say that pretty much it has to be unanimous. All four of us have to agree this person meets their license, they're secular, and they used evidence-based uh, methods. Mm-hmm. And evidence-based methods means they're peer-reviewed, scientific, no woo-woo bullshit, no psychoanalysis. You know, psychoanalysis has never had any evidence behind it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite the fame and fame of Freud, it doesn't work. But so we're we've got this system to make sure that you're not going to get a bad therapist. So I'm not I, saying every therapist is going to match every client, but at least you know they're not going to pray with you. Um, I have a quick question. With you expanding the Secular Therapy Project, um, is it worldwide that you've expanded it? Exactly, worldwide. Um, how literally, literally. how have you found it looking for counselors and therapists in? like Western, I mean, Eastern countries, because they do have a lot of, they have very different methodology going into uh, mental health. Have you found that it's yeah. harder finding um, people that meet your standards? Uh, well, you know, ironically, it's that's a problem even in Western countries. Yeah. Some Western, Australia, for example, or England, they don't have the kind of licensing requirements that we have here in really? the States. So... We will, it adds a layer of complexity to our job because they have to, one of our criteria is that they're licensed. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's no licensing in Queensland, Australia, then 
then we have to just go by what credentials they give us yeah. and what training and what their website and all so. So that's a bit of a, a challenge. But the second challenge is that people who, there's some countries where anybody can call themselves a therapist. So we get a lot of woo-woo, new age kind of stuff. You know, somebody who reads crystals really yeah. well. Well, naturally, we're going to cut them out right up front. Mm -hmm. They're not going to make it past first. But so even in the West, we've got trouble. We haven't really pushed um, outside of uh, English, the English-speaking world yeah. at this point in time. We're going to. We, we would love to. And we're just getting started. So we're less than a month old, and we haven't seen a huge wave of new therapists from India or Pakistan or anywhere like that. But I'm pretty sure that's going to be a difficult issue. Mm -hmm. If I mean, to be secular in Pakistan is to get your head cut off. Yeah. So that's a big deal. And we, I'm guessing we're not going to find too many therapists who want to, want to take that risk. <laughs> yeah, I could totally I mean that. Yeah. That's you, difficult. The other thing, the, the, new, the newest thing, and that just launched uh, last week, is our local groups. Now, like I said, we started Recovery for Religion with the first local group, but um, we we didn't have a good structure that allowed us to really help those local groups grow. And so those that part of our program has been, our, our, I would say, our weakest up until now. And we've got a new structure that's going to really allow us to help people find groups and help us find leaders for groups. We really need volunteers that would like to to lead a local group of recovery for religion. Now, here's the cool thing, at, for, and I'll just speak to say your group. If you if you had somebody doing a recovery for religion group in your area, people are going to come to that group to deal with their religious issues. And you know, your group, your main, your free thought group or atheist group is not that's not their main purpose. Mm -hmm. So a person comes in, you don't want to have to listen to everybody's story every time and spend your whole meeting listening to people's stories. That's not the purpose of your group. But it is the purpose of recovery for religion. Yeah. So people come to our meetings. They, they come two or three months. At the end of two or three months, they ask the question, this is great, but I want to go to another kind of group. Tell me who else is around here. And we funnel them right into your, your organization. So we see ourselves as the first step people take out of religion. And that a lot of people aren't going to just walk out of church and join an atheist group. Yeah, they need that middle they, step. They need, a, they need a, middle, a middle place to stay for a little while. So we really encourage groups to uh, get online and volunteer and start a group in your area. And we've got training for you. We've got videos. We've got support. Uh, we've got referral systems. We can help you get members almost, literally almost instantly. Our experience the last two weeks has been the minute we create a group with a certified leader, it seems to have 10 or 12 people oh, wow. already already in it because they're waiting. They've already checked the box that says, let me know when you're recovering from religion groups in my area. Hmm. So it's really cool. And Meetup, we're using Meetup for that. And Meetup's really turning out to be a very good resource for for finding people who need this service. So, and, and those are people who do not know about you guys. I'm just saying they don't know who you are, and if they did, they'd be scared to death of you because <laughs> you, you all need therapy, word. right? 
<laughs> well, we have we have a BC humanist group in in Vancouver, and they they might be interested in this information Ooh. as well. And we're we're like a uh, a satellite uh, for the for the BC humanist group. So this certainly is oh, something okay. that we could I we could discuss. I think from religion yeah. right here in Amherst would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Mennonites. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, with the Mennonites, exactly. <laughs> So, so, uh, so with the, oh, we, there's <laughs> yeah, this so town, many Mennonites. Mennonites run actually Mennonites run here. the town. Yeah. yeah, they run the town here. Uh, so, so, uh, Daryl, if if somebody wants to become a volunteer for recovering from religion, whether it's for the hotline or anything else, where where do they go for this? Okay, they just go to recoveringfromreligion.org, dot org, mm-hmm. and they click the volunteer button. Perfect. And they fill out the fill out the information. Now, we have a philosophy of volunteering here. Uh, we we want lots of volunteers, but we want people who are dedicated to our mission, not mm-hmm. just, you know, not just a whim. Oh, I'm going to hit the button. So once you've hit the button, once you've filled it out, it comes to us, and then we turn around and schedule you for an interview. And so you have to be interviewed, and then from the interview and from the information we send you, we'll say, well, sounds like you've got an interest in this or that, and here's what we can fit you in, and here's the training you have to go through. So now that you're now that you've filled out the volunteer, you've got the interview. Now you've you've decided you want to work, say, as a chat line agent. That's fine. But now you have to go through the training to be a chat line agent, because we are not going to let anybody touch a, a human being mm-hmm. unless they've had this training. And it's it's about four hours of training with some a little test at the end. You, people have told me that the the training they got, the information really help them in their personal life too and we we're glad of that but the main reason we're we want people to have proper skills to listen good active uh, non-judgmental listening skills and then and then we let you come into the chat room or we let you get on the phones or we let you start uh, organizing a group in your local area you know whatever it is that you decide you want to do and then we help you with that we give you resources we provide you support uh, we have online meetings every uh, once or twice a month that anybody can join and talk about the problems they've had or the skills they want mm-hmm. to build or whatever. It's, there's so much, and everybody's helping everybody else. It, yeah. There's no. Uh, it, the cool thing about the chat line is, if somebody's chatting, if somebody chats in, uh, there's always at least one other person kind of watching in case they need help. So what we've learned is the chatters are getting incredibly good training really fast by just watching each other. And then and when they're finished talking about it, um, it's, it's really cool. I'm, I'm blown away because I've got a doctorate in psychology, and I'm, I'm watching these people come in with no experience. Mm-hmm. And within just a week or two, they're talking to people, darn, as good as I could. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of scary, you know. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm not saying they're therapists. I'm not saying that. At all. I'm just saying they're they their listening skills, skills have improved that much. Yeah. Wow, absolutely amazing. So it it is. I I it, I can't do it. I wish I could. I wish I could just hit a button and let everybody see what's happening on these chat lines because mm-hmm. it's so it's just mind boggling how good these people are doing on the chats. Wow. And oh, the iron, iron. The interesting thing is, we've had a number of people come to us, chatting in and getting some help and getting resources, and then a few weeks later, they turn around and volunteer. Oh, nice! So, 
Wow. <laughs> That's even like, better. This me so much. I want to do it too. The, the snowball effect. <laughs> Darryl, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Daryl, thank you so much for being with us today on the show. We really appreciate that. If uh, uh, yeah. I got to ask you, when is the next, when's the, when's the third book from Daryl Ray coming out? Well, I actually have four books already, what? so I don't need a third one. <laughs> Come on, Kevin, you're behind the time. Wait, I've, got, I've, got, I've got Sex and God and the God Virus. Which ones am I missing here? You're missing two books. Oh, Good job, Kevin. Okay, perfect. <laughs> well, but Kevin, before I got into this part of the business, I was an organizational psychologist. So oh, my yeah, first two books were on organizational psychology. Ah. And, uh, and they're very good books, I'll just tell you. But they're not as interesting as sex. I'll, I know that. <laughs> very little is. <laughs> Dr. Ray, uh, if people want to find out more about you, where can they reach you? Well, like, I'm on Wikipedia for sure. And you can uh, go get my books, The God Virus or Sex and God. I've got a podcast, the Secular Sexuality Absolutely. Podcast. We love a that. A very talk good about- listen, might I add. <laughs> What? A very good show. A very good show. Oh, okay. Good. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't, I, I'm not as diligent as you guys are about putting it. I just, I only put an episode out when I have something to say or when people, I have a good program. Yeah. So I'm not one of those every week. I'm, I, I call myself the Dan Carlin of sex. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you got, do you know Dan Carlin? <laughs> not personally, but I understand what you mean. Oh, well, okay. I love Dan Carlin's podcast, but he only comes out when he's got something to say. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's a good program. I love uh, hardcore history. Well, like we but said, yeah, sex, sexuality is my podcast. And, uh, and look for me. I'm on YouTube all over the place and got lots of talks on YouTube. Fantastic. Yeah. Like we said, we only do this show because it's part therapy for us anyway. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Dr. Well, Rick, Thank you so yeah, much for good. joining us today, and uh, yeah. you're welcome back anytime. And before you go, i got to have you say, Hi, I'm Dr. Daryl Ray, and I took a left at the valley. I am Dr. Daryl Ray, and I took a left at the valley. <laughs> oh, that was Dr. Daryl Ray. Now he sounds like we're laughing at Dr. Daryl Ray. No, no. Okay, well, okay. I guess we should we're explain. We're laughing the with Dr. Daryl Ray. We, we just... We just Sent Dr. Ray on his way, and, you know, he just made us think, laugh the whole time. There, I think so. we were laughing at Kevin. And that too. That too. It is such a pleasure to oh, have. Oh, so Isn't fantastic. He? Oh, yeah. One of our favorites. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a man that, you know, he's not, I wouldn't say, like, completely on the front lines. You know, when you think of popular atheists, you think of... Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Matt Dillahunty, Aaron Ross. But he's the one catching the people that they shake loose. (laughs) Yes, and he's doing so much work behind the scenes that people don't think about, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's true. You can can argue rationality all you want, but that emotional time, and sometimes the time when you decide to go into a posse, sometimes you come out angry, sometimes you Mm -hmm. come out, you know, scared. A lot of people, they essentially commit social suicide because their entire family and circle of friends disowns them. And this man is there helping you and that is incredibly incredibly valuable and we've talked about that in our in our our, our group a number of times and this may be something that we Absolutely. should we should consider and maybe there are people in our audience who you know the light bulb went off and said this is some some way I can help other people you know and and can contribute 
you know, to, to their uh, well-being and their m mental health and yes. emotional strength. So uh, hopefully someone other than, than us here in the mm -hmm. room will will follow up yeah. and become part part I of that I sure hope so. movement. And, well, and Daryl is such a fantastic guy. Yeah, and, he is. And sometimes those little interactions you have with people that might only last five minutes have lasting impacts that will span like tens and 20 years mm -hmm. and generations. Who knows? Exactly, exactly. It's the little moments, the little things, and this is totally needed. And thank you so much, Dr. Ray. And mm -hmm. I feel... Honored and privileged to know the man, and you know, I really, really, really love the man. I mean, uh -huh. he's so, such, so awesome. And of course, he is the high priest of the fine yes, spaghetti monster. The, not, not one of, not one of. Like I made that mistake last time we spoke to him. I made that mistake, and he made sure to correct me. He yep. is the high priest. Yep. And if I don't mention that, I don't get my ration of meatballs and fine so, spaghetti monster. So, I'm, I'm still trying to say it. So you would know him by what? He's got the red plastic colander. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> He's got the bigger colander. Yes, yeah, mine's, 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 mine's just a white one, yeah. so I, I guess I'm just a nobody. Mine's full of holes. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody who's listening, uh, Kevin is going to put the link on to um, get to recover yes. from religion. Yes, yeah. Exactly. We'll put that in the show notes. Great. So thank you so much, guys, for being with us on the show today. No problem. And I'm sure you enjoyed that. You can always reach us at leftofvalley.com, on Facebook, on Twitter, at LETV podcast. Uh, you can send us an email at leftofvalley at outlook.com. Send your complaints to Nancy, care of Left of Yeah, <laughs> send me a complaint. Come on, send it. Hey guys. I know you're dying to send it, but you you don't want to hurt my feelings. Go ahead, hurt them. Hurt them. Send me a complaint. They have nothing to complain about. They get a free show and a good show every week. Oh, I know there's a complaint in there someplace. <laughs> next week, coming up next week, we're actually going to be talking to Michael Sparks about how can he talk about Bernie Yay. Sanders. That should be interesting. And then on the 23rd, we'll be talking to his rawness on Raw. He's right around oh, the corner and we love him. That is going to be uh -huh. such a good show. After that, we'll be talking to the legendary Jerry Coyne about evolution at the end of the month. In October, we'll be talking to William Zingrone. He's an author and Jeep the Vegan. And we also might have a show on Brony, the Brony phenomenon. Oh my gosh, what? Yes, that should be interesting. That should be interesting. Oh, I, Our I'm friend. getting excited already. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, Scott. And then, of course, we have the ca we're capping our Halloween special with Andrea Gerachin, and she's going to be talking to us about uh, the devil. Mwahaha. Mwahaha. Uh -huh. Halloween special. Uh, in November, we'll be talking to David G. McAfee, and uh, somewhere around the middle of the month, we'll also be talking to a Canadian atheist journalist huh. who wants to talk to us, and we'll have him on the show. Oh, cool. Terrific. Yeah. People want to talk to us? He wants to talk to us. I try. <laughs> sounding good it's sounding good guys thank you so much trying to, not to bump into a natural disaster out there yeah just read Harry right. Potter it's and getting then harder and harder it's kind of like running the through the raindrops needed to uh, divert all disasters you see a hurricane coming just try blowing on it yeah yeah use your fan and blow whoosh. on it <laughs> whoosh whoosh now I'm conflicted I'm, should I use the fan or the scepter just, oh, the scepter if you, is always if the you enable the fan with the scepter okay. maybe that that does it maybe that. you should just glue your Glue your fan to a scepter. We'll, we'll tell everybody yeah. next week whether the fan and the scepter worked. worked. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a perfect thing. You go out there with a laptop and a little USB-powered fan, <laughs> stand on the beach and say, I'm trying to push the hurricane back, guys. I'm trying. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Okay. Now let me take a second. Don't mean to sound so hateful, but I swear to God.
keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business, he loves money too much We know that they love the kids, but how the fuck can we protect them While they planning to molest them, we teaching them to respect them Fuck that The system is broke down, working backwards And the only action or tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them The parties of God's hands are bloodstained Millions of murders by believers And they're all in God's name and let me take a sec, don't mean to sound so hateful But I swear to God, unintended, I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet You're not alone, speak your mind, time to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist.